Welcome back to America's leading higher education podcast network, the EdUp Experience, where we make education your business. This is EdUp EdTech, dedicated to interviewing leaders at the front end of technology and innovation in education, hosted by the amazing, the outstanding, the incredible Holly Owens. Now let's get to it and hear from your host, Holly Owens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host. And today we have a fantastic guest with us today. We have Max Leiston, who is from Protopia. He is the CEO and founder on the show today. Welcome to the show, Max. Thank you, Holly. Great, great to be here. Super excited to share our story and uh, talk to you. And by the way, my unofficial title is Scapegoat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can totally see where that would be a thing for somebody who's a CEO and founder. Um, but we're going to get into that and more. Um, you know, you already said it. So we want to know more about you. So tell me about yourself yeah. and your journey into this ed tech space. Perfect. So as you could probably tell from the accent, I'm German. So this is not we're based in North Carolina, but I'm German. I came over here. Many, many years ago, worked in software, uh, enterprise software, worked for an ed tech company called Cyquist. Uh, they were the leading procurement software in higher ed. So if you bought anything at a university, you would use our software. Did that four years, had some amazing partnerships. And, and you know this with ed tech, uh, worked with universities. They're a fantastic group, focus on impact. Uh, did that four years, went back, worked for another startup, was totally burned out, to be honest, after that startup. And uh, I was looking back, I was looking to go back to my roots, which was uh, marketing HR. I wanted to come recruit out of college and uh, focused on a lot of interviews, uh, spoke with individuals, what's hard about their career. Uh, and uh, from there, went to uh, helping individuals with their resume, which most people really are anxious about getting feedback on a resume. And they discovered on the back end that uh, people love helping, which of course is not a surprise, right? Uh, it's obviously, it's not easy for any of us to ask for help, uh, but it's not easy for any of us to give help. Uh, and there's affinities that drive why we do help. And a lot of reasons, you know, veterans help veterans. Uh, people living in living in the same city help each other, the same gender. But the greatest affinity, the greatest driver of helping each other was actually alma mater. So we would get a resume from college students, alumni, and they would say, hey, I really need help. If we would ask a graduate of that same university to help, they are much more likely to help than most other reasons we would specify. So uh, I went to universities and say, wow, you're sitting on this amazing social capital uh, how are you unlocking this? Because these people are clamoring to help. And uh, as, as you'll find out, and that's what we do, uh, universities really struggle with this. Uh, so it started with that, you know, alumni and students have this innate desire to help each other. As humans, we all do. And I really wanted to crack that open because selfishly, it made me feel amazing. That's a great story. And yes, it's really, that's like an untapped resources 
uh, resource area, I feel at many institutions is that alumni area. And I know, you know, I get emails and links and things from my alma mater and it's like right. sign up or donate or, you know, and it's, it's difficult to kind of navigate that space a bit. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about, you know, what Protopia does. Um, but before we get into that, I want to know, um, along with your journey, do you have any sort of favorite educational related quote or who's inspired you along your journey? Well, uh, so the inspiration, I don't, I don't have a good quote because most of my memory is terrible. Uh, <laughs> but there, I mean, the, the number of people, you know, particularly as an entrepreneur, right? When you start with these passion projects and you sink your teeth into something, you, you depend on so many individuals helping you. So there's a huge list uh, of individuals that have really allowed me to do what we do today. Uh, Number one is other entrepreneurs. So I'm a member of an, uh, a couple of Slack groups of EdTech entrepreneurs. Uh, we participated in the started, ex uh, the started uh, Accelerate up in New York, and I'm still in touch with those fellow EdTech entrepreneurs. And that, that is an amazing support. Yes, right? that's actually uh, happening this week. Right, exactly. With Ash. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm so, so glad we, to hear that. Yeah, we worked with Ash. And there was eight companies going through that and five companies. We still meet every quarter and we support each other. Uh, and that's incredibly helpful. Uh, and this is really a key message. Seek people out that are on the same journey. Uh, more individually, so there's a couple of people. One is, you, you may know Matthew Raskoff at Stanford. So he's the, I think now he's the vice provost of digital education at Stanford. He was previously at Duke. And he was really one of those individuals that was critical to us doing what we do today because he's just so in tune with higher education and really the future of higher education. Uh, one more recent one, I totally want to give a shout out to Mary Beth Gassman. Uh, she is really the head of the MSI Research Institution at Rutgers. Uh, it is amazing to think about all the areas that Mary Beth and her team, I think that's about 30 people touch, all thinking about you know, how minority serving institutions uh, can get better resources. And uh, that's really one of those new influences that shape how I think and how, what I do. That's great. And you're right. You never do. This journey is not one you take alone. No. Although you say you're the CEO and founder and you've come up with the concept or the idea, it's really a group of people, you know, asking questions or helping you or sending you resources. And I've learned that through having conversations on this podcast, you know, I used to think like, oh, the CEO is sitting on this, this gigantic throne somewhere and nobody is touching this person they're just you know up there in the clouds but really in in all actuality lots of ceos and founders like yourself are in the trenches you yep. are talking to different people you are building those support systems so that's really good to hear and i'm so happy that you had you know that connection with ash and had some connections along the way at, at various institutions that have helped you right yeah i mean I, you know as you know most ceos stand on the shoulders of giants yes that's the team that's customers, right? Uh, I'd like to think that most CEOs turn the lights on and turn the lights off because Absolutely. your job is your job is to support others. Uh, yeah. yeah. Your servant leader, right? That's that's really important. Yes, 100%. So in, in keeping with that, that same, you know, conversation, I want to know as a CEO and founder, how do you personally define educational technology? Wow. <laughs> so that's a really tough one. Uh, for Everybody me, said that's a loaded question. Right, it really <laughs> is, right? Because yeah. it, it's, a, it's amazing, you know, how quickly this field is changing, right? When you right. not only how we deliver 
uh, content and learning to students who is a student and lifelong learning. So for me, really is any software, any technology, any hardware, any tech enabled service that helps individuals learn uh, at any stage in their life, right? Uh, it is whether that's K through 12 or pre-K, it is high education, it is workforce enablement, anything that they'll use to learn more and better. And, you know, even collaboration software. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned procurement where I work. Well, in my book, that's also ed tech because it enables institutions to buy smarter, save money and support the sustainability of institutions. Uh, Hopefully that wasn't too broad, but there, there really is no good definition of my book. Maybe Ash has the answer. I, yeah, I would right. say, yeah, he was on the show. So I was going to go back and listen to what he said, but everybody that appears on the podcast has a different take on it. Okay. Um, it's really interesting if I did some data or digging and some analytics to see like what kinds of words people used each time or find the differences between um, everybody's definition of ed tech. And I really like asking that question just to get, you know, a better sense of what, you know, you individually think of it and then see like, you know, kind of compare in my mind what other people have said, but, you know, definitely the, the hardware, the systems, the support um, is a huge part of that. And what people don't realize is that educational technology goes beyond the walls, whether that's online, in person or hybrid of the classroom. Right. Um, like you're saying. Well, I mean, so look at, you know, look at an iPhone. If I consume a class via an iPhone, would you, would you lump that into a tech technology because it's hardware that allows me to consume content? Where do you draw the line, right? Apple obviously sells to universities, but would you consider that ed tech? Yeah, I would definitely consider that a tool of ed tech. Right. Okay. Yep. For sure. Because it has applications and things on it that you can use to facilitate that learning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's just kind of Apple kind of played it right, and they they, they have a they have a device that is applicable in many different areas of our life, whether that's social or academic. Did you already upgrade to the new version? I have not yet. Okay. Um, okay. I in my um, you know, I'm I'm approaching middle age, and I'm not as apt to go out and buy the latest. You know, okay. I kind of stay on the old one for a little bit to make sure that the kinks get worked out in the latest technology, because as you know, when you release something uh, newer, it takes, you know, maybe a couple iterations for it to be um, bug free. Right. Uh, so I, 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 I wait. What about you? Oh, I've upgraded. I, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I jump at it. <laughs> the shiny light bulb is really my middle name. I jump at it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I paid the price. Right. But especially when you look at ed tech uh, and since it's changing so quickly, it's always interesting to look at the risk institutions take when they adopt new technology, right? Uh, as you know, building it is really easy. Getting users to change is really, really hard. Yes, uh, that is very, very difficult, especially when it comes to ed tech. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk about Protopia. Tell us what your product does. Describe how it helps institutions and organizations in education. Tell us all the things. Well, uh, so let me let me turn it around a little bit. Tell me the last time you reached out or got a question from an alum or reached out to an alum from your alma mater. Um, I, so it was actually recently because okay. the, the institution I went to, the president of 30 years was retiring. So I had reached out to the alum to, um, RSVP, RSVP for an event of his, 
Um, so the, it was fairly recent, but typically it's maybe at the most annually. Mm -hmm. So that is ultimately what we do, right? If you if you look at when you're a student and you you go to an institution, and let's say institution of higher education, you obviously always get the promise you're part of this amazing community that's going to be here and supporting you for the rest of your life. And I'd like to think of these communities as probably the most uh, uh, pervasive gift that the institution can give you, right? It's the largest professional network that you'll ever be a part of. In fact, there's a, there was an article in Science Magazine two weeks ago around the strength of weak ties and how they can help you in career success. Well, the problem, as you know, when you look at a large institution, it is really hard to tap that community. Uh, there's, you know, lack of social capital. I don't, I don't even know how to network. I'm first gen. Nobody's ever told me, uh, talked to me about mentoring. I don't know who's going to be available. I don't know if I'm ever going to hear a response. Students may reach out to alum and never hear back. So there's really this friction between individuals that could benefit from constituents, and I, I put constituent alumni and donors together, uh, and individuals that would like to help. And we built Protopia to solve this. So we really looked at how can you help these individuals that are part of these large networks meet and collaborate and connect with each other, and you strip away all the friction that's in the process. Uh, and friction for us is, I don't know who to ask, I am anxious about not getting a response. I don't know how to ask. And the other side of the friction is I'd like to help, but I'm busy. I don't want to give up my time and privacy. I don't want to sign up for anything else. So when we built Protopia, we, we did a lot of user-centric design sessions and looked at, okay, how can we do this more? Uh, and Protopia, in a nutshell, is AI technology that helps constituents in the community connect with each other at scale without friction. I really like the eliminating of that friction because I also know sometimes people, I teach on online classes. So oh, like some, some people are naturally introverts, yeah. but they do have questions and they don't want to necessarily have maybe a phone conversation, but if there's somewhere out there where they can kind of be behind the screen and feel comfortable, they will do that. And so that's what I really love about you're saying this frictionless communication um, and really tapping like some of the institutions, especially within the United States, have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they have this huge alumni network of untapped resources right. that I mean, I can't even, you know, think about how many like big schools that, that I've been around for a long time, like Harvard and the Yales of the world, you know, the most recent institution that I worked out is celebrating 50 years. And that's right. a huge amount of alum. So Yeah. And so for us, it's not just so if you look at like in Michigan, right, 700,000 constituents. Yes. Uh, how do you find the needle in the haystack of someone who's qualified and available to help you? And I love that you hit on introverts, right? So we work with a couple of engineering schools and they're introverts, they don't know how to network. For, for me, it's often, you know, I don't have a lot of social capital. We, we sometimes get questions from somebody who says, hey, a lot of my friends are getting help from their, from their network, from their families. You know, I'm a first-gen student. Uh, nobody's here to help me. Here's what I need. Can you please help? And it's, you know, it's those stories that we in particular at Protopia anchor on because you've got to make it simple for simple and inclusive for individuals who just ask uh, 
Otherwise, they will be left behind. I, I have I have a love hate relationship, to be honest, with mentoring, because mentoring often is limited to those students that already have a lot of social capital that will find those programs that will sign up and get connected to those few alumni that everybody goes to. So we really didn't want to do that, right? We really wanted to build something that makes it easy for anybody just ask for help, and we guarantee that they are going to be heard. And they're going to see the power of the network that they signed up for, right? With this promise of we're always going to be here and we want institutions to deliver on that promise. Now, that is why we do it. Let me tell you what we do. Uh, as you may know, when an alum volunteers, she is three and a half times more likely to donate money. Institutions actually need for a constituents alum to volunteer and give back to help students and get engaged in some capacity, because then it allows a fundraiser to have a conversation with you, right? So Holly would really like to help someone, but she's busy, yeah, right? You just switch jobs uh, and you're trying to focus on there. That doesn't mean you don't have the capacity to help someone. Our algorithm basically takes those questions, activates those constituents, fundraisers want to talk to, and we build that connection in between there. Uh, and by virtue of activating all these alum at scale, make it easy for them to help, it helps drive the sustainability of the institution. So the beneficiary is really the development team, the alumni team. The why we do it is it's got to be easy to help each other. Does that help at all, Holly? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Okay. And it's it's kind of touching on different types of areas, not only are you developing that community around this area, but you're also allowing people to support the institution as well, which is right. something it's, it's hard to ask for money. You know, I've already gone there for four or five, <laughs> however many years, and I have student loans and now you want me yeah. to donate time and money. But I mean, you know, in engaging with and seeing what current students are doing or what the leaders across the campus are doing, it really does like, oh, this is a cause that I am passionate about right. and I want to donate to said area. So I can see where that three times more likely to donate would come in um, as a person who participates in this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, our buyers are the heads of advancement because they are always looking for ways to make alumni feel good. And then you just have a better development conversations with those prospects, right? And it's all in the back of, you've got this amazing community. You've got to unlock it so that everybody gets benefit. And we have some customers that use us in admissions. Uh, they let prospective students ask. We have customers that use us in the classroom to teach, as you said, engineers how to network. We've got customers that use us for alumni, for parents. For us, really, everybody's a member of that community. Um, and what would it take to do that you know, smartly, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you're already doing a lot of great things with um, Protopia. So I want to know uh, in the upcoming year, is there anything that you're looking at in particular that's on your roadmap or what are some of your goals, things that you can share with us um, that's up and coming, that not violating any non-disclosure right. agreements, of course, <laughs> keeping that all under wraps, but is there anything that you want to share with the audience about the upcoming year? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, for us, one of the big priorities is to go internationally, right? We, we have conversations with a lot of in, in, international institutions. We actually just signed the London School of Economics, which is our first uh, customer in the UK. Congratulations. Because, That's thank awesome. You. Thank you. I'm very excited about it, right? So they, there's all these great networks everywhere. 
Uh, and even though alumni engagement advancement is not as developed beyond the US and UK as it is over here, uh, we see tremendous opportunity there. Uh, the second thing that is that's often more boring is obviously smarter AI models. So you know, artificial intelligence always depends on the maturity of the models and depends on the data you collect. We get more data, we develop better models and looking for other ways ultimately to use that technology. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example because uh, that that's really done with with Pitt. Uh, they want to use questions to identify uh, latent learning needs that an alum has, right? So an alum may say, "Hey, I just switched jobs, uh, and I'm going to be a first time manager. I'm super anxious. Uh, what should I think about?" Well, you know, obviously we're going to find a constituent that can help you. Maybe a, a recent grad that is now a manager, but imagine you can farm that question, saying, "Hey." Here's an alum that would benefit possibly from a course, an LMS course on how to become a manager, and we can upsell digital learning to that individual. So, you know, capturing the demand and farming that demand is we're something super excited about. And then for us, it's also seamless integrations. We want to make sure that it's not just simple for alumni and students, but also easy for institutions that include CRM integrations like Salesforce. As you may know, Salesforce is really eating everybody's lunch within higher education. Yes, um, absolutely. Have, I see them everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's we love Salesforce because it's such a great system, but the, the change in, in the CRM system, the backend systems, is mind-blowing. Um, you know, every day I talk to institutions saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we just bought Salesforce, or we're thinking about Salesforce. So if I were not Salesforce in the CRM space, I probably would have a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I'm glad that you're able to take your product and integrate with things that are already available to institutions and things they know well. Um, that's really, really important to institutions because they don't necessarily want to have to add another product, learn something new. They just want something that integrates and the AI aspect of it is really, right. really cool. And I think the example that you gave about like upskilling, because as an alum, you don't realize it but like time, I think it's been, you know, for myself, I haven't been in college, uh -huh. you know, if I account master's degree, probably like eight years, but undergrad was way long ago. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you always have to be ready and prepared for what's currently happening in, in the workforce. So maybe taking a class there would, would help you become more modernized in a certain technology or yes. learn about something that's currently on the market, like a theory or so I find that really interesting. Well, especially, right? So if you would establish yourself as the best and simplest way to get help, right? Either from people that have done what you're about to do or maybe to your point, upskilling, why not make it really simple for everybody to come back and ask you and you mine that data to really serve that individuals, whether that is an alum in your community or whether that's an LMS course, right? You'd rather have them buy from you than go to Udemy or somewhere else. Uh, but so that's right. really interesting development. Yeah, I really, really like that. I like that a lot. And also you're, you're kind of, you've already been in that community. So it's familiar to you. Bingo. You, you have, um, you know, incredible trust. And, you know, anytime you get help from you, from your alma mater, you do remember, right? Oh, wow. Those four years were amazing. Uh, you know, I, I wish I could do that again. So yeah, I already, definitely want to go back to that. Right, exactly. Same here. Uh, it's this amazing recall that you have about this great brand experience. And so you just have to leverage this. 
absolutely. Wow. This is, this is really um, a great, a great product. And I'm really glad that you came on the show. So final two questions in wrapping yeah. up the episode, it's gone, it's flown by. Um, and I really enjoyed our conversation, but final two questions. I want to know, did we miss anything? Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience about Protopia? And I also want to get your take on what does the future of educational technology look like? So kind of put your Notre Dame hat on oh and tell us what does the future look like? So did we miss anything? And what does the future look like? Uh, so no hat would ever fit in my head. Uh, but uh, <laughs> anything missed? No, I mean, honestly, I, th I think I've shared enough already. And, you know, you obviously can tell that we're super passionate about, you know, connected communities. Uh, again, I would just encourage everybody, if, if you're an administrator, a higher education institution, make it easier for your constituents to engage, right? This is, this is really a plea because uh, not a day goes by when we've got someone reaching out and almost desperate to get help. Uh, and Higher education, when you look at the latest US, US, uh, US news rankings, a lot of concerns about institutions that are, you know, three, 500 plus, you've got this amazing asset of your community, leverage it, help people through that network. So I'll get off my box now. Uh, future of EdTech, I mean, God, there are so many smarter people than me, but I, I think you're going to be able to consume you know, get educated anywhere, anytime, through any means that you want in the future. I mean, you've seen that break, break, uh, break, neck break pace. Sorry, that's what my German comes through. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You're right. You've seen that everywhere. That it is amazing how quickly this changes. And when you're applying design thinking, start with well, where does my student alum want to consume content? Always start with that. Don't be constrained by what would you do today. And I think AI is going to be smart enough that it's going to be just like Google Ads, serve me the right content at the right time because it detects maybe the task I'm doing or what I could benefit from because others like me have benefited from it. So I'm super excited, as you probably know, about artificial intelligence. It's not a threat, uh, mostly. Um, and education in particular is going to benefit from it tremendously. I think uh, it already is benefiting, and especially with this product. Um you know, connecting people. And I'm not afraid of it. I know some people are in like this, yes. but everything has a risk to it, as we know, especially when it comes to technology. But I'm excited too, to see how AI takes off, not just in, in products like this, but also internally when the K through 12 or higher education faculty are using something that's AI driven in the classroom. I can't, yes. I, I can't even picture right now. I have to sit down for in a creative state of mind and kind of figure out what that's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. Obviously, there's some ethical questions, right? There's biases yeah. and all these things. I don't want to gloss over them. Uh, but I think technology is, is a great enabler and uh, the future is pretty bright. Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And uh, Max, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and talking to us about Protopia. So we're going to include everything in the show notes, how to go get a demo of Protopia and learn more about Max and connect on LinkedIn, all those different things. So thank you so much for your time and coming up on, coming on EdUp EdTech. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was great to connect uh, and the opportunity basically to, to highlight kind of what we do and the impact we're having on higher education. So Absolutely. thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, everybody else.
You've been listening to another episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens. You can follow Holly on LinkedIn. You can also visit her website at jollyholly.me to find out more about what she's up to. Please head to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content and leave us a rating, review, and please subscribe to be notified of future episodes. This has been another incredible episode of Ed Up Ed Tech with your host, Holly Owens.